0: Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be talking about this with you all today. So we're going to be chatting about how to help ourselves have easier transitions back into the home. So, you know, over the weekend I was away at a little local monastery, which was my first time away in a very very long time. And I'm sure most of you are experiencing that too. When I came back, I did my normal kind of arrival, coming get dropping back into the role of mom ritual, and I was asking if you all had rituals like that—things that you do to make your transition back into your home a little bit easier—and the answer was no for the most part. So I'm excited to share some of these strategies and why we might like to be doing those with our our kiddos. Okay, so let's chat then a little bit about why this happens, why sometimes coming back home can be so hard for us as the parents and for the kiddos that we're coming home to. So some of the common struggles that I hear about when parents come back into the home and that I experience for myself is kind of instant clinginess of the kids. The kids are so excited to see you and they come back, you come back in, you come right in and you're carrying stuff. Maybe you're schlepping bags, you've got your coat on and they right away want to hug you, get kisses, show you what they've been playing, show you the artwork that they've been working on. They're kind of like all right up in your, in your face and you need a little bit of time and breathing room to transition. Or maybe, you know, you've been out in the world, you want to have a chance to wash your hands, maybe even change your clothes. If you're coming back from a work environment, that's a little bit risky. So how do we kind of balance that, right? How do we kind of come in, convey to our kids that we want to be there, we want to see them and have like a moment to like put down our stuff, you know, take off our face mask, wash our hands, get ready to be with them. There's also other common struggles that parents go through when it comes to coming back in. So one of the, the things that I hear a lot from parents and that I experience myself is that there's this mindset shift that when I'm when I'm off by myself, I get to release some of the mental load of motherhood. And then when I come back in, it's a lot all at once. Does anybody else experience that? Yeah, it's a lot, and, and it's hard to release that, to step back into it sometimes. And then the other piece too that I, I hear often, especially from families where maybe the one parent works outside the home, is that the parent comes in and they're kind of expecting the big, like, hey, you're back. Everybody being excited and the kids kind of ignore or push away or don't even want to say hi. And so there's all these things that can happen that can make coming home a little bit hard. And so I just wanted to offer you a few little kind of transition and reunion rituals that might really help You with this because you know, I think we hear a lot as parents about how we're supposed to help our kids make transitions a little bit easier, but transitions can be hard for us too, as adults, and rituals can really help ease those transitions. Hey, balanced parents, what if I told you that you never had to experience the shame and guilt of yelling at your kids ever again? Now, I'm not saying that you'll never lose your cool again, or that you're going to magically turn into a perfect mother, father, or caregiver. That's not real. It's truly impossible. You're human, you're imperfect, and you're gonna make mistakes. But I can help you understand why you lose your cool and know what to do so that it happens less and less. And I can help you let go of blame and shame and guilt that are only keeping you stuck in your own patterns. And I can also teach you how to get the pause so that you can respond consciously rather than react. Now, what I'm about to invite you to is only three days. And this work, as I'm sure, you know, takes more than three days, but it's a good place to start. So I'd love to invite you to my reactivity to responsiveness challenge. That's coming up at the end of September. You can get in and join right now by going to www.laurafroyan.com slash reactivity, or just click the link that's in the show notes for this episode. Again, this is not going to solve all your problems, but it is going to give you some really powerful tools and a way, a method for working through your triggers and releasing them. I hope you'll join me. Check it out at laurafryan.com reactivity. See you there. So let's start a little bit about kind of what's going on with this, why it's hard to come back into these spaces, both for parents and for the kid, and then what we can do about it. One of the reasons why it's hard for parents is the mindset piece that we have been talking about, that mental load. You know, especially right now when we're home with our kids a lot of the time, getting out by ourselves, it feels like we're taking like 20 layers off or like setting down this really heavy backpack. At least it does for me. And then when we come back in, we have kind of kind of pick that all up really, really fast. And, you know, if we think about, like, we've been maybe hiking with a backpack on, we set it off, you know, we take it off, we rest a little bit. When we go to put it back on, it's like we didn't, like, almost didn't realize how heavy it was to begin with, right? And so... This is part of the thing that you can do then if that's the case, where you kind of taken off some of the load and then you come back in and it's immediately overwhelming, is to get yourself ready to put that backpack back on. Be realistic about what it's like when you come home. So you know usually how it is when you come home. You can be prepared for that. So what I like to do when I'm coming back home from, you know, and this is, you know, I was away for the weekend, you know, there was a longer distance, but people experience this when you just like run to Target for 20 minutes. And the kids are like, act like they've never seen you before. They haven't seen you in years. And they're so excited to see you. It totally happens just from a 20 minute run to the store. Or, you know, this often happens when parents are coming back from, you know, time at work. And I've even been hearing about this a lot from parents who are working in the home, the kids are in the home, when they come out of their office after having been at at work all day in their office, even though they're all still in the same home. So this doesn't even necessarily have to be like a a physical separation where we're out of the same house. What this has to do with is having this mental separation that occurs between parents and children when we don't see each other for a little while. And so the mental piece of it, preparing yourself. So when I come home from something like this for the last two minutes of my car ride, I usually like to turn the music or the radio off, whatever I've been doing. I kind of start thinking about my kids, start thinking about my family, start bringing up positive memories of them, positive thoughts about them. I go through a little bit of a gratitude practice where I am kind of affirming how grateful I am to be coming home to them, how excited I am, how I'm looking forward to it. I start bringing in a little bit of curiosity, like, hmm, I wonder what they've been up to, I wonder what they'll have to show me, I wonder what they'll say when I come in the door. If you know that in your home, you come in expecting them to be so excited and they usually are just like, meh, hi, and they don't even say anything and that can hurt your feelings a little bit. This is also a great time to prepare for that. I'm so excited to see my kiddos, and that sometimes they're really deep into their play, and so they don't show their excitement to see me. So I'm just going to be, you know, soothe myself, reassure myself that they love me, and when they're ready for a break, um, when they look up from their Legos, I'm going to be right there, and we're going to make that eye contact, and that eye contact is going to be more than enough to reconnect us. So kind of taking a few minutes on your way home to re kind of center yourself. What do you believe about your children? What are the things that you can expect when you get home? Sometimes it's helpful too. Like if I know, you know, if I've been out and my husband is like, things are chaotic here, you know, he'll usually give me a heads up if things are chaotic when I'm coming home, just so you know, you know, like one of them is in a snit or whatever. He usually gives me a heads up on those things. Then I can prepare myself for that. So when I get home, you know, both girls are immediately going to want me and they're both going to be doing tug of war on mommy. You know, I can prepare myself for those types of situations and center myself and ground myself in how I want to show up in those times. And so Having some affirmations that you say to yourself, having some gratitudes that you practice, having some just even just a few little memories. Like, for example, sometimes I like to right when I pull in, I like to pull up a few. I have a little album on my phone that has a couple little pictures of my kids that I just love, you know, that just has their pure light within them so that I can look at those pictures so that I, I know who my kids are, no matter what kid I get when I walk in the door. Whether it's a kid who's melting down, or a kid who really wants to show me something, or a kid who's mad at their sister, I know that who my kid truly is. I'm sure and confident of who they are. I kind of center myself in that before I walk in the door. So a little photo album in your phone can be really nice to look at. Sometimes having even a printed photo that you can pull out and look at right before you get in. Um, those are nice to tuck into the, I don't know, the place where sunglasses get stored. I where I tuck mine. Okay, and so then the other thing that can be really hard, especially this time of year if you're in the Northern Hemisphere and during a pandemic, is when you come in, you've got things you need to do before you can just rush them into your arms, right? So we've got to wash hands. Sometimes parents who are coming home from work need to change clothes given, you know, depending on what they're doing. If you've got groceries, you've got to figure out a way to get those in without the kids getting all up in the mix. If you've got gear on, like a winter coat, all of that can make the reunion harder. And so before like I talk about what to do, the practical piece of this, I want to explain why this is so hard for kids to wait. So if the kids are anxious, clingy, whiny, like wanting to be with you, wanting to be, you know, seen and heard by you right when you walk in the door, there's a reason for that. That's because you're their attachment figure. They have a secure relationship with you where when they've been separated from you, they've been missing you. And they want reassurance that you're back, that you see them, that you care about them, that you're here. They want that reconnection. So for kids, for young kids, when Whenever we're apart from our caregiver, it's almost like there's this cliff and we need, they need a bridge to get over the kind of the yawning gap of our separation from them. Whether they've gone to school, whether they've gone, you know, you've gone to work and they've stayed home or even going to sleep can have this kind of this effect of there's this big gap. And they don't know how to get across it by themselves because they're little and they don't know how to hold you in their mind and in their heart yet. And so they need little touch points of connection before and after to help create that bridge across that gap of your separation. And so hopefully before you left, you had some goodbyes, you let them know when they were going to see you again. Um, And maybe you even made a plan for how you are going to come back together. Now, this is where it's really key with, you know, when it comes to coming in, you've got gear on, maybe you've got groceries, or you have things you need to do to be safe before you come back into the home. Before you leave, making a plan with them to create that bridge for your reunion is so key. So letting them know, okay, I'm going to run to Target. When I come home, I'm going to have your favorite waffles. I'm going to have, you know, the milk that you like best. And I'm going to have these things, but they're going to be in bags. And so when I get home, what am I going to need to do? And you let them help you figure out what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to put the groceries away. You're going to need to wash your hands. You're going to need to put your mask in the laundry. And then after, you know, after I'm all clean, things are tidy, then I can connect with you. And so you make a plan with these little ones so that they know that they are reassured, like, Mom wants to reconnect with me. Before she even leaves, I know that she's going to make time for me to reconnect with me. And you make a plan for what that's going to be. Now, for littler ones, sometimes it's really hard to wait. Patience is a skill that develops over time with executive functioning development. And so... It can be really helpful to have something little that can tide them over to after you've gotten the gear off, hands washed, stuff put away, just a little something. What we use in our family for that is the ASL sign for I love you. We say, I love you, you know. And so this has been really helpful now, too, when we have to do our hand washing and stuff before we can actually hug and sometimes even change clothes if we've been in a busy area. You know, before we can have that full body hug, we can be like, okay, your hug is coming. See, I love you. I see you. I really want to connect with you. Uh, Making good eye contact can also be really, really helpful. But that, that ASL, I love you sign works really well for our family. Now, you might have other... Reunion rituals that could work really well for your family. You might have a stuffy that you brought back from a trip one time that they can hug and snuggle as they wait and stand nearby while you are getting your, you know, your hands washed and things put away. Perhaps there is a little song you two can sing together while you're getting things put away and getting settled so that you can be with them and get into their, like, the reunion activity, like reading a story or having a snuggle on the couch, whatever it is that feels feels good to your child. But making that plan beforehand so that they know what to expect. So that when you walk in the door, there's a plan for reconnection. It's so reassuring to them because that's really all they want. So, you know, when they, they start kind of picking fights, they start kind of doing that negative attention, seeking stuff. All they're really wanting to know is, am I important? Do I matter to you? Are you going to take time right now? You've been gone and I missed you. Did you miss me? Are we going to reconnect? Are we going to be okay? These are just the questions that they're asking. And it looks like annoying things. It looks like, poking, you know, pushing her brother down or running away from you even sometimes or, you know, he- there can be kids who get really upset when you come home. You know, there's times when they, they, they can hit or kind of do some of these other things that are hard. Or maybe if you've got two and they're running, there can be pushing and shoving between the two. All they want to know in that moment, really all that behavior is communicating to you is, I missed you and I want to know if we have a plan for how we're going to reconnect. And so if you can make that plan ahead of time, know that they're going to miss you. Then we all know. Now, if you have one of those kiddos uh, or you're a parent or you have a partner who doesn't get that kind of rush back in, like they're so excited to see you, who the kids are actually like kind of okay when they come in, do not take that personally. That does not mean you don't have a secure relationship with your kids. All that really means is that your kids are deep into play at the moment and working really hard to focus on what they're doing. And, you know, when kids are little, under eight, you know, when we think about like how we focus on things, we have selective attention and we have filters. So while we're focusing on something like work, right, we can think about, you know, we can listen for the doorbell. We can listen for, you know, a kid to be calling mommy. We can be listening for a ding on our text. You know, we we have the, this ability to filter, right? It's almost like we have kind of like a colander on our head that's filtering out some things, but letting some things through. Our kids don't have a colander on their heads when they're really concentrating on their play. They have like this like cement block over their heads that nothing can get in. And so when they you come in the door and they ignore you or, you know, they say like, hi, dad, hi, mom, and then go back to what they're doing, we should not take that personally. All that really means is that they're concentrating on something that's really important to them. Give them their space and their time. But if you know that that's something that kind of like, Like knifes you a little bit. Just know that and make a plan for it. You know, touch base with your kiddo before, like in the morning before you leave. Hey, buddy, I've been noticing recently that you haven't really been wanting to say hi to me when I come in. That's totally fine. I know you're super busy. You know, with with what you're doing when I come in. Could we have a signal just to let you know so that we both know that we missed each other and see if there is like a high five or something. Or maybe they want you to just wait until they have a natural break in what they're doing and then they want to reconnect. That is what happened to me yesterday when I came home. So I came home and immediately my five-year-old was like, mommy, mommy, mommy. You know how like the dogs like bounce at the window like when you come home, they're so excited. That was totally my five-year-old yesterday. My eight-year-old was like doing her thing. She's like, oh, hi, mom. If you want to come see me, I'm the queen of everything dragons and you have to ring this bell. (laughs) <laughs> she was like totally chill. And so I got things settled. I got things put away. I got my hands washed. I had some snuggle time with the little one. And the older one was happy to wait. And when I had a moment, I came in and then we snuggled together in her throne room because she was a queen of dragons, you know, like kids are sometimes. <laughs> I think we shouldn't let those things take us personally. Like I'd been gone for like four nights, five days. That was like the longest I've been away from these kids in a year. And it did what, it was not personal at all that my eight-year-old wasn't like, yay, I'm so excited to see you. It had said nothing about our relationship. Nothing. That she was just busy. She had things to do. You know, she still loves me. We don't want to love test our kids. Right? So reassuring yourself and, and like, preparing yourself for those things. If you know that's how your kid is, that's how they are. Like it's not personal. We don't need to make them have some sort of, you know, response to us coming home. Okay, so I hope that those were helpful for you. Are there questions? I'm happy to take them if you put them and pop them into the comments. Oh, it's looking like this was helpful. Good. I mean, these are the things that I wanted to share with you on this topic. I'd love to know if you have rituals that you do. These are, like, some of the clients that I've worked with to help develop some of these, you know, for families that are struggling, especially in the pandemic. I've noticed that families are struggling with when we're all working at home, transitioning back into home after being at work. Like, even though you're still in the same house, you know, one of the families I worked with, I had the mom start to do a five-minute loving-kindness meditation and a little bit of yoga to, because she was working at her computer all day, and then she had to go immediately and be like, in the heavy duty, you know, parenting of a two-year-old, which is like it's hard on your body. And so we came up with a like a little five-minute yoga flow to stretch out and be ready. And so then her mind and her heart and her body were ready to go back in. And things are so much easier for her. So just having a little bit of a plan, whatever it is that you need. You know, if it's, you know, you've been working hard all day and you need five minutes of rest, it's okay to have that five minutes of rest outside in your car so that you're mentally prepared when you go back into the home. It's okay to have those things, and it's also okay if you're parenting with a partner to make arrangements with them so that you can have those things. Talk with them. They want to help you. They love you. They want to partner with you and figure out how to make things easier. This is another thing that my husband and I have noticed over the years that when one of us is away for a few days, the other one is so used to being in charge, being the like the what the only person like having to answer to no one, you know, being in charge, that it's hard sometimes to bring another person back in, another authority figure you in the house, another, you know, another parent coming back in, that adjustment is hard. And so my husband and I have a plan for handling that too, so that we don't kind of snipe at each other or ruffle each other's feathers, just by being ourselves but we you get kind of used to doing things on your own when your partner is gone for a little while. So it can be helpful to have that conversation between you and your partner too if there's a little bit of tension when you return home. Melissa's asking any tips for picking up kids at the sitters. Yeah, so this is the same the same thing happens, right? So when they've been at the sitters, they've had this kind of yawning gap, this yawning cliff, a a canyon of separation. So having that plan, that reunion plan beforehand to make that bridge for the kiddos, still have your few moments of kind of like getting settled outside before you go in to pick them up. If they're like my kids go to an outdoor school so they can see me when I pull up and I need that few moments, we make a plan. We let them like I let them know like I'm gonna take a few minutes just to meditate before I come and get you. Don't worry. I know that you're here. I know you're waiting for me. I know you're excited for me to pick you up. I just you know my brain is so busy. I need to kind of just close all the windows in my brain and then I'll be there and pick you up. So having a plan for that if they can see you when you get there. And then having a little bit of a reunion ritual like right there in the car if you need to when you pick them up. If you, if they're in snow gear, taking off the snow gear can be quite lovely and connecting. Oh, getting buckled is a be- can be a beautiful connection ritual with kiddos. So getting them buckled in and every little snap is a snap of love where my love keeps you safe and, oh, here, you know, and getting them all snapped in and buckled in and tucked in. Maybe if it's cold, you can put a little, here's a blanket of my love to wrap around you. That can all feel really good. And then some kids need a little bit of transition time too. So it might be that they need a song. You know, when my daughter was young, we, we made up a song about how we're going home. And on the, like, once we got off of the inner, the, the, like the belt line, the interstate, the bypass kind of, um, and onto our, like our street, we would start singing that. And that helped us get ready to kind of come in the door and be home. If there's something that you need to do when you get home, for example, you're coming home from a long day at work. They've been at the babysitter's all day and we need to get dinner on the table letting them know in the car ride home what to expect okay so when we get home what are we going to do remember we're going to drop off our bag everybody's going to wash their hands everybody's going to make sure their mask gets put in the laundry and then we're going to sit down we'll read our story maybe you have a storybook that you like to read every day we're going to sit down and we're going to read our story and then after we read our story you are going to play in your you know you're going to play in your playroom or you're going to play you know here while I get dinner started you know, we're having this, you know, would you like to help me with dinner? Would you like to play? You make the plan, whatever plan works best for your family. Or if there's a a caregiver already at home, a parent already at home and you're coming back in, you can include that as part of the plan. Okay, so when we get back home, you're going to have your special snuggles with mommy or with daddy. And um, then, you know, while you guys are doing that, I'm going to take your lunch bags and get them unpacked and, you know, get the dishes put away. Mommy and I, mommy and mama are going to go and put, uh, you know, get dinner ready while you're playing. Whatever the plan is, having that as a kind of a set thing. Now, the other piece that I have not mentioned yet that I I personally think is so critical is having this mindset of, okay, so when I come back home, the next 10 to 20 minutes are not mine they are my child's so for these next 10 to 20 minutes i am going to be fully present with my kids my phone is going to go away if you if you're you know you're busy and you know have demands on your time, check your email before, like when you pull in the driveway, clear your email, you know, inbox, make sure you've answered questions that you needed to, and then plan to put your phone away. There is nothing most of the time that cannot wait 10 minutes. And so thinking about, so for the next 10 to 15 to 20 minutes, my time is not my own. My time is my kids just for the, it's just a short amount of time. We can do that. And kids will feel that presence. They will feel that attitude shift and it, that the anxiety of like, are you here with me? Are you really here with me? Are you back home with me? That goes away when we give them our full mindful and intentional presence. They can sense it almost immediately. And so i mean this is just you can even like make it a part of your habit you walk in you right away put your phone on the charger wash your hands you know or put your phone in like the cleaning station whatever it is like put it make it as a part of your home arrival system so that you can then be fully present and also think about like okay so if the reunions have been hard. Coming home has been hard. And part of what's really hard is that I have to right away get into making dinner. Is there something that I can do to make it so that I don't have to right away get into making dinner so that I can have 10 minutes of just pure connection time before I have to go in and make that dinner so I can fill their cup a little bit before, whether that is prepping some of the veggies for it the night before. Oftentimes when we were in that kind of heavy parenting stage, we're out of it now. My kids are eight and five and it's Whew, it's so much easier. But when they're younger, when they're two and four, when they're both really in that, you know, in that really like intense attachment phase... It's hard. I mean, and most of the time during that phase of our life, my husband and I ate later after the kids were in bed, and the dinner we served the kids was our dinner from the night before. So the kids most of the time got our leftovers from the dinner before. Um and then we made a new dinner after the kids were in bed. It just allowed us to be more present. There were way less meltdowns, way less tantrums, way more fun and play and connection. And it was really like at that point in our life. It was really nice for me and my husband to have regular dinners, just the two of us, so that we could reconnect. We could have time, that one-on-one time to really focus on each other after the kids were asleep. So, I mean, these are just all things to think about. You know, figuring out where are the rough spots in our day? What are, like, what are the challenges? Where is it bumpy? Where is it, you know, where is it, you know, not flowing so well? And then what can we do to ease that? What can we do to just make it a little bit easier? What mindset changes do I need to make to make it a little bit easier? Um, what changes in our rhythms and routines can we make to make it a little bit easier to drop into presents, to fill their cup, so then we can then go and do the things that we need to do? What are the things that we could do just to make this all a little bit easier on ourselves? What are some expectations I can take off of my plate? What are some expectations we can take off of the kids' plates? You know, just to just to make it all eat a little bit Bit easier. And you know, it's everything has its season. So there are times when the coming home time is really hard for families. And there's times there, it will be really hard for a season. And then a year later, you'll look back and you'll think, oh my gosh, th- remember how hard this used to be? and it won't be anymore. I mean, oh, I mean, oh, there's so much, you know, when the kids are little, and they're in daycare, and they're dropping their nap, and then they sleep in the car right home, it's the worst. It's so hard. And it won't always be that way. And so be kind to yourself and be flexible. Fig- look, Take a look, like, if this is the hardest time of the day for us, like, what can we, how can we be all be a little easier on each other and on ourselves? How can we, like what can we do like what are the roadblocks that we can remove what are the ways we can kind of ease our path here what are the some little touch points of connection we can put in for ourselves a little bit of appreciation for ourselves, a little bit of self-kindness for ourselves beforehand, before we see there to get ourselves into that right mindset. And then for our kids too, loads of grace and compassion for everybody involved. It can be a really hard time in a, in a, in a child's day and in a family's life, you know, and, but understanding that at the core of it, the reason it's hard is because little brains and bodies are tired from a very long day of holding it together right? And from a very long day of being away from the person that they feel safest with, right? So even if you've got really great caregivers who love them and that they love, they're still not you. And so these two things combine to just be a perfect storm for meltdowns and tantrums for kids, for hard times for kids. And understanding that this is not because you're a bad parent or because they're bad kids. It's just brain development (laughs) and attachment, And those are the two things that are beautiful about your child. And it's nothing that you've done wrong. It's nothing that they're doing wrong. They just need you to slow down, to reconnect, kind of fill their buckets, reassure them, yep, I'm here now. I see you. I'm not going anywhere. You know, just that little bit of that reassurance, And it will get easier. It will get better. Okay. I've got to run because I have office hours with my Balancing You members. I know some of you who are watching are in there and I'm going to be seeing you there. We're going to be talking about a whole lot of good stuff. Okay. All right. I think that that was it. It was so nice to spend this time with you. You know, you can always DM me. You can always message me and ask me questions. And I... I'm so happy to make a video like this for you or, you know, support you in a way that I can. So if you have questions about parenting, most likely so does everybody else. I never get a question from a parent for the first time. Like I, I, they they just, it's all of your struggles other people are having too. So never be afraid to ask me a question. I'm here to support you. I love supporting you. I love talking about children and parenting with you. And so you're never a bother when you have a question. I always love to hear it. And I love helping you when I can and supporting you when I can. Okay. All right. That's it for today. It was so nice to spend this time with you. Take such good care of yourselves. Be so kind to yourselves and remember that you matter more to your kiddos than anyone else in the world. And that is a privilege and a gift. Aren't we so lucky? Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast and if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too.